Hey, welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that's uh, going summer casual. How are you guys doing? My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm fine. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Paul. I have no complaints about life that are, are worth sharing in a, in a group setting. Very good. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, my daughter is still kind of tossing and turning a little upstairs, but she's been quiet for about 10 minutes. So I think, I think we're good to record this podcast. Uh, do I sound all right, guys? Do I sound reasonable? Yeah, you, you, you sound good to me, although I was thinking that sentence you just uttered uh, would not have made sense six years ago when you were talking about, you know, waiting for your daughter to go to sleep. So, uh, yeah, you know. It's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, what, ten years now, eleven years of knowing each other. But yeah, actually, uh, it'll be it'll be thirteen years this fall. Uh, oh. Wow. Okay. I'll Cue the Sam Walker music. This is we're getting sappy already right off the bat. I will remember you. Uh, and other things I'll remember is that the Buffalo Bills had training camp and uh, OTAs, organized team activities. Um, Look, I, I don't know. Like, I, we we could rush into the 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 topics, but it's also the summer. It's also like the dead of everything. So, uh, if you have any sort of fleeting topics you'd like to discuss first, I'm happy to go there. Otherwise, we can start with some football and work our way around. What do you think, Scott? Where, where's your mind at these days? Uh, I'm ready to talk some football. I'm I'm catching the second half of this Columbia England game. Oh, I already already heard what happened, but okay. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm still kind of intrigued to see how it all plays out and, you know, see if I think it's a real shame that Rodriguez, uh, that James Rodriguez wasn't there for Colombia. I really enjoy watching him play. And I think that obviously is going to, you know, that that's probably one of the reasons Colombia didn't, didn't get through here. Now England's playing very well right now. Anyway, I'm sure it would have been pretty close regardless, but uh, it's a right. shame to see guys when they're, when they're injured, you know, big on the footy. Uh, Paul, are you, all, are you equally big on the footy right now or no? I am. I am not right now. No, I, okay. I, uh, it's, you know, I, I feel like if I can go to a bar and drink excessively for an entire day and watch the world cup, mm-hmm. awesome. the problem is my weekends have been kind of busy since it started. So I have not had the chance to do it, but I, I would be enthused like when 2006, that was my thing, but sadly is, adulthood. Is Paul, is Paul telling the, the people with kids that he's got busy weekends? Is that what's I happening? I think I think he has a weekend at all is what he's <laughs> this weekend is not involved in uh, were you gentlemen, you you kidful gentlemen at a yeah. party on fr- on Saturday with sixteen children under the age of three and have a video posted to you on Facebook of a child literally climbing Listen, your face. Climb, climbing yeah. your face. That, that kid that kid looked like he kicked he looked like he kicked your ass hard. I mean that kid yeah, had that you. painful. I'm I'm sitting there jammed to Rafferty thinking, oh, everything's great right now. And then a child climbs on my head. So, you know, it's, it, was, it was not an easy weekend necessarily. But, but yes, point taken. I should. I uh, actually, Snowflake yeah. needed a safe space, right, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. He's, he's, he's still learning. You know, one of these days, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave, we'll leave uh, Evie and, 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 and Henry with uh, Uncle Paul for the weekend, and then we'll, we'll pick them up on Monday. And yeah. then they'll step over Paul's <laughs> dead body. You know, and I, yeah, I, if I'm a lot, if I do manage to survive, I'll just bow to you gratefully and be like, "Thank you for reinforcing our decision." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, no, it's it's uh, it's been it's been a good summer, even even with child, and uh, maybe even especially with child. I should have said it like that. Um, but, you know. <laughs> 
she's a lot of work and, and, and that's, that's a good thing. Um, and she's much more into sports. She was so happy. I don't know if we've talked about this since the Washington Capitals won the Stanley cup. Um, but when they won the Stanley cup, uh, we told her the next day that there had been a big hockey game and she was very excited. And she said, great, let's go. She's like, let's go to the hockey game. And we were like, no, like we can't take you until later. They're like, she's like, no, like you told me that hockey happened. And so now I have to do hockey. Um, but if we can get her, here's a pro tip. If we can get her passport sorted out, we are going to Canada in August and huh. she will have, she will have her photo taken with the Stanley cup. Um, mm. because my, my friend, if I could right. brag for a minute is the assistant yeah. coach and he gets his day with the cup, like everybody else. Sure. And yeah. so he's having a little party and we're invited, but it's all about if we can get this, her passport sorted before then. Yeah, no, that is that is tricky, and uh, yeah, damn those terrorists with their their nine elevens, and they're making it hard to get across borders. I I grew up on the border as did Paul, and you could yep. just tell them you were going to Canada, and they'd kind of ask, "Well, when are you coming back?" And they that that would be it, and they'd say, "Okay," <laughs> and you'd go, and it was great, and it has since been ruined. I think if you live in New York, you can still get a special driver's license to make Correct. that easier. There's an enhanced license available for like $5,000. No, it's not that expensive, but my wife and I never paid it. We instead got uh, something called Nexus cards, which allowed us to travel freely from over the border with a very brief stint at customs just to make sure we weren't carrying anything illegal. So I, I recommend right. the Nexus card for those of you traveling the Canadian border. Very good. Um, okay, so we've talked soccer. We've talked you know, association football, if you will. Uh, we've talked borders and passports. Um, hockey. Hockey. We've talked hockey. Um, I had some. Oh, uh, I have a field report from my parents who are driving across the country. Um, this ties to the bills. Um, they started in California and they're making their way back to New York before they come down here. And then we're going to go to the beach next week. Uh, but they stopped in Cheyenne, Wyoming. And I told them, you should tell people that you know, or that about Josh Allen, about how you're a Bills fan. And sure. they said, oh, is, is that where he went to school? And they were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and my mom was like, well, is that like a minor league team? And it was like, it was kind of all over from yeah. then. Um, yeah. But the report was that Wyoming is beautiful. And so I think that bodes well for the new Bills quarterback. They, could, they were sort of blown away by how beautiful Wyoming is. It's way beautifuler than uh, Tulane University. Yeah, um, I'm sure Stanford is pretty nice. I'll say that. I, yeah, Palo Alto is probably pretty decent. I'm sure that's no slouching there. Yeah, uh, Tallahassee I hear is nice. I feel like Tallahassee could probably not exist, and no one would really miss it. Well, true. Yeah. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I've never been there, and I'm sure <laughs> here come the letters, as they would say on the Family Guy. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be funny if we were all just like like Wyoming was our other big place where people listen from. Um, I well, still don't know if been drafted a quarterback from Avalon. You know, that would seem, you know, any mythical place that, you know, draws well. I, don't, I You know, I was thinking the, the lovelier the place, the, the better the odds. Arendelle, Enchantia, any of the Disney towns would be good. Wakanda. Wakanda, well, Wakanda forever. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> sorry the worst jokes just went through my head and i'm gonna leave them right there. uh let's move on okay let's let's do a little football and then we'll we'll come i'm sure we'll goof around a bit um did you got how much paid attention did we pay i mean i 
I'll, I'll start. Uh, I was happy that nobody hurt themselves and everybody seemed to go uh, to the OTAs and rookie minicamp. Um, I was duly excited to see Josh Allen got to throw with the number twos one day. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and other than that, I just did my best to not read anything into it, uh, because nobody was wearing pads. Um, but it was excited that it was exciting that they did some football stuff. Um, Paul, were you also excited by football stuff? Yeah, I was, you know, it's helped me to avoid hockey stuff and baseball stuff and other unpleasant stuff as a Buffalo sports fan and fan of the Mm -hmm. local uh, baseball team here in in the district of Columbia. So yeah, it was, it was great to see that. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, the camp ended on a Josh Allen bomb uh, for a touchdown. They're like, you know what? That's it, guys. This is how we're going to end. You can't get any better than this. I was definitely, you know, pleased to see Ryan Groy. You know, when we we talked last, he couldn't quite get with the ones yet. I guess he stepped it up toward the end. He ended up playing with the ones, you know, for the last few days of, of minicamp. So maybe that bodes very well once training camp comes around. So that mm-hmm. that pleased me. And generally, you know, uh, apparently Shaq Lawson, uh, who we're all pretty, I should say we're all pretty low on, I shouldn't make that assumption, but we know how hard it is for someone to really kind of make that jump if they haven't made it after two years. We saw the same yeah. issues with Aaron Maben and so forth. So, you know, with that being the, the case, you know, we're all a little bit pessimistic on him, but he had a very good minicap and they was pointed out, uh, you know, by Leslie Frazier, someone who stepped up without being asked about it. So, you know, all of those are very good signs. So, you know, it doesn't mean anything, of course, the grand scheme of the season, there will be, you know, we can only anticipate so much. There will be injuries. There will be, you know, other developments, but, you know, so far I was, you know, if you can get away from minicamp, no one got arrested, no one, you know, tore an ACL, you know, no one told off the coach or got cut. I'd say that's a successful minicamp. So that is that is my analysis of, of what happened. Okay, Scott. Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I mean I think I was mostly interested in just kind of like who was in and who was out. I mean, obviously, seeing Groy kind of get in there uh, was helpful. Um, I mean, in terms of like you know making uh-huh. sure that we'll have at least a little depth there. Hello, uh-huh. you hear me? Oh yeah, I can okay, hear you. Yep. Yeah, you're good. I was going. Um, <laughs> understood um but yeah so i mean i think that's uh that's good uh i think i am still a little concerned as well on the offensive line though about this kind of idea that john miller and, and vlad Dukas are our, our starting guards right now i think that's again like it kind of <laughs> kind of all came together sort of last season but it right. also was with a completely different offense because we'd be this year we're gonna have to rely a lot more on kind of you know, Josh Allen is going to be doing a little of, you know, RPO and a little, you know, boots here and there. But uh, given that he's the face of the franchise, he is not going to be – I don't think we're going to be running him uh, like Tyrod ran. So uh, no. we can't be uh, expecting the, the run game to be have that kind of element to it going forward. Um, so I think, you know, that's good. I mean, yeah, I guess it's good that, that, that Allen got in there a little bit, but I'm not – you know, I, I'm not – I can't really – hang my hat on anything that he get in minicamp even even that i mean if he didn't i wouldn't be worried about it so i can't say i'm that excited if that he did do it um okay. you know i think uh, yeah i mean i think i mean i think the other thing is like on the kind of you know if you think of the the levels of interest like uh you know like the most important thing is alan his development 
you know, how the defense is kind of looking in its new kind of form with some of the, the new cogs that are coming up there uh, on the much lower end of concern is like, who's literally going to start the first game um, at right. quarterback. And obviously that'll be, it sounds like it. I mean, Peterman's playing well. So I guess that means it'll, it looks more likely that it'll be him, but I don't think that really matters too much. So that might be, that might be one of the more shocking developments is, is the, the play of Peterman and, Perhaps that's a bit of, you know, more fool us for reading so much into one and a half football games uh, as opposed to, um, you know, except he's still a fifth round pick. So I think it's kind of strange. I mean, and, but I guess that's the, the thing with um, Andy Dalton's backup, who's now our quarterback as well, whose name just literally escaped me. We'll, we'll um, call him A.J. McCarron just for the hell of it. That sounds like a good one. A.J. Yeah. McCarron. I mean, but like the idea that Peterman is sort of getting – switch off time with McCarron when really I think the signing of McCarron felt like you know like he was meant to be the number like not a long-term solution but the, they brought him in to be the number one here and now it looks like you know uh, Peterman might very well uh, have a bigger role he might be a starting quarterback this year um, <clears throat> so uh, you know some of that's probably having a faith in the guy you drafted and a guy who's been here a year longer. Some of it might be, uh, you know, overestimating how poorly he played last year. Um, but I thought that was one of the, I guess, more surprising early stories. Now, again, not to read too much into it. Um, I, I think you guys have hit on all the, all the, all the good notes here. Um, the other thing was, yeah, like it's, it's going to be a completely different offensive line. I don't think there's any doubt that offensively, uh, they're going to not progress. I'd say a step back, but it's kind of hard to take a step back from uh, as far <laughs> down as they were. Uh, but it really could, especially with you know McCoy being you know the year older and two linemen gone. Um, I'm glad to see that Richie Incognito is now playing football again. Is that right? Didn't he sign a deal somewhere? Or Did he? That? Did I or, miss that? Wow. I, I, or no, they just they let him retire. Was that it? Yeah, I think that was the or they. They officially released him, so if he wants to play football, he can. And I, the last Currently I saw, was, a free agent. That's what I thought, right? He was he was yes. allowed to sign with other teams if he wanted. Right, and um, he's out of the uh, the the institution he was at before, so that's also a plus. Right, right. Um, okay, well, good. That, that's that's all nice. Um, anything else to add before we move on to, uh, I guess, what to look forward to here? Yeah, I, our no. silence is golden. No. Our silence is golden. Uh, Paul, I don't have the, the text you sent me up in front of me, and I'm afraid to flip over to it. Do you remember? We're gonna, we were going to talk about who we think the surprise cuts might be. Um, yeah. We were going to talk about yeah. some of the – get us t- started on another topic, would you? Sure, sure. So I am also slightly paranoid about flipping my phone over because so far so good on no yes. one getting cut off on this. But I thankfully did type that text not long ago and wanted to commit it to memory. I think one thing that would be interesting to look into before we even get into the surprise cuts necessarily is the minicamp is behind us. Pads are about to come on. We have so many positions that are decided and without thinking about quarterback right now what are some of the most intriguing training camp battles that we will see whether it's for a starting spot whether it's for a roster spot whether it's for for depth and I you know I will start I feel it's an unfair question for me to 
oppose and then, you know, step back from. So the one I want to talk about, I, I kind of alluded to this already, is the second edge rusher besides Jerry Hughes. I, I personally think Jerry's position is set in stone. I think he does great against run. He's shown the ability against the pass. He struggled a bit last year because he was double teamed on, I believe it was something like the third or fourth largest number of plays per pro football focus, which one speaks fairly well of Jerry, but also speaks fairly well of linemen, offensive linemen on other teams feeling pretty well able that they were able to contain the bills pass rush as long as they, you know, kept Jerry at bay because they didn't really have any other depth. So, you know, I'm, so I'm specifically interested in, will it be Shaq Lawson? Will it be Trent Murphy who was signed for a non, uh, you know, not insignificant amount of money this off season. He'll be making, you know, I think uh, something like 7.8 million or something along those lines this year. Maybe it's, it's 4 million. Anyway, they signed into a long-term deal and they're on the hook for a lot of, of money. Next year's salary will be eight and a half million. And then you have the wild card in this. And I do not want to try to pronounce his name, but we will just call him double O. And I hopefully know who I'm talking about, the foreign, former Giants lineman. You know, I've got to try and You should just call him 007, right? Yeah. He's got a seven in his number, right? So I'll call him 007. He's, oh, I don't have much of an issue with his first name. I, it's clearly Oumagbi. But his last name, I need to break down to several syllables. Clearly. I just can't do it. So I think that, and he had a good mini camp. So I am personally most intrigued by that edge rusher position because, you know, as much as, I think this defense will improve and others think that this defense will improve from last year when, you know, they had a lot of holes at the middle. They gave up some huge running games, but when push came to shove and they needed to beat the, the Dolphins last game this season, when they needed to play well in Jacksonville's a defense, which they did in the playoffs, you know, they, they came to play. So with that in mind, I, I really am keen on seeing how that edge rusher position develops, who takes hold of it. And if the Bills will have a, stronger four-man pass rush than they did last year. Speaking of pass rush, that reminded me of something I wanted to talk about from earlier, which was the um, Shaq Lawson thing. I am, because you had said, like, you know, he's sort of in that awkward spot. And I, I think of his spot as the last two years really, I mean, he was kind of drafted to be in the wrong system to begin with. Uh, and then last year, I don't know if there was skepticism with regards to Rex Ryan hires, but certainly it looks like they're trying to weed out a lot of Rex Ryan people. So I wonder if he's the type of person who will benefit um, from uh, a change of scenery. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to say he's Aaron Maven. You had said Aaron Maven. And I thought, man, that's not really fair. He seems talented, <laughs> unlike Maven. Um, and maybe he just needs to be somewhere else. Um, but uh, I just wanted to, to mention that because that's what I, I thought of when you said that. All right, cool. That's all. Sorry. Uh, so should one of us go next? Yes. Frank? Sorry. Go ahead, Scott. I, I... Okay, I'll go. Uh, so, I mean, um, I think I am kind of, I think for me, I, I don't want to say, I mean, you know, I guess, so I'll, I'll just say corner um, behind Tredavious White, basically. I mean, I think, Obviously, like there's an expectation that Vontae Davis is going to come in there and just he's going to I mean, they kind of, you know, they signed him to the free agent deal um, before our free agency really started because um, he was he was already cut at that point. And, um, you know, they didn't really do a lot in, you know, they picked up some late round kind of defensive backs to try and, 
pick up some of the, you know, some of the slack. And then they also, I forget who the, the third corner is. Was it Gaines? Is that who the third corner is? Uh, Gaines is, no, did Gaines go? Or did Gaines go? They got some other guy. Gaines gone. Yes, that's how we remember that. It was, but yes, you're right. They, they were, has been a lot of press about their third guy the Bills picked. Up. Is it Raphael? No, Raphael Bush is the safety. I'm picking. I'm yeah, opening the no. depth chart now. To no, it is. Oh, Scott is right. Philip oh, Gaines coming soon. Great. Okay, good. Okay, Philip Gaines. Okay. Not so, easy, yeah, like, Gaines. Not Ernest I was not... Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Um, I think. I think so. I was. Uh, so I mean, I think one of the strengths of last year's team obviously was the secondary. It seemed like we had some good things going. I mean, we were a little thin at Nickelback. Uh, with Mikel Roby Coleman gone, but I think in general, obviously with the safeties uh, with Hyde and Poyer are clearly, you know, the strong suit of the team. Um, but frankly, the, um, you know, the, I'm not convinced as Paul has pointed out that the front four is going to be suddenly, you know, lights on fire. I mean, he, they might be a little better with Murphy in there, but I don't think it's going to be a day and night difference. Uh, certainly because Lazulele is not really a known great pass rusher. Um, so with that, in there, the secondary is going to need to be as good, if not better than last year. And then for us to get, you know, better on defense to a certain extent, um, I think that's going to be, it's going to be tough uh, if Davis doesn't perform up to, uh, up to snuff. So I'm going to be interested to see, you know, how much competition there is on the depth part, depth chart behind white at corner. Um, and to see, you know, is, is, is Davis going to be able to just kind of lock this down and show up and cause no one's pushing him or is he, or is he going to be pushed by people behind him and he's going to be good or is someone going to, does Gaines or somebody have a shot at, at pushing him off of that second cornerback slot? So I think that's something I'll be looking at. I'm also, uh, well, I, I won't say what my other one is. I'll, I'll leave one more for Frank. Uh, I, you know, you kind of took mine. Um, I guess the other one's Tremaine Edwards, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. linebacker Willie B. That every down linebacker. Yeah, because he he really they drafted him like that, and he that was one of the things that was in the rookie camp was he was already sort of doing that. Um, they didn't waste any time with him. He wasn't like watching the way that Allen is. And to be fair, I would imagine quarterback is a, is being the different position that it is. It's it's not apples and oranges. Um, so I don't say that to denigrate Allen, but I say that to point out that like they seem to have no qualms with the idea that Tremaine Edwards could step right in and start going. Um, and so that for me is kind of the, the thing, because I think that in order for the defense to be good, it will have to come from the front seven um, because the, the secondary can do well, but they can't that they, if there's anything that's dependent on the, I think it works that way. I think the secondary is more dependent on the front seven working than the other way around, um, if that makes sense. So the the idea that those guys stopping the run and getting in the quarterback's face leading to turnovers, as opposed to uh, the idea that they would somehow shut down the passing game and that would help the run game. Um, that doesn't seem to, to, to work uh, the same way for me as far as I can sort of tell. Okay. Did you have a, it was, was your second one taken Scott? No, I mean, it was, for me, it was, it was wide receiver two. Yeah. I think it's clear that Benjamin yeah. is, is one. And then Zay Jones is expected to be the number right. two, but he missed the mini camp and you know, we're not, and yeah. they were non-committal about him having earned that role. I think yeah. if they had anybody else right now, he would not 
he'd be a candidate <laughs> for a surprise. Jerry Curley was not the number three wide receiver right now. That'd be right. Position <laughs> battle would be a little tighter. Yeah, we he'd be listed as surprise cut. He would be like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a guy who could be out the door pretty quickly. But pretty know, much ninety percent of the team is in the surprise cut category for me at this point. Right. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people who could... Based, based more on the fact that there's no one to replace them than... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like 10% not cut, 40% uh, would be surprise, you know, could be a surprise cut, but wouldn't rule it out, and then 50% definitely cut. Like, that's basically how I view the roster at this point. And then, you know, me. I also <laughs> would be, be cut. Yes, and me, me too, certainly. Yeah, I think Paul I, would be cut too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'd be close, but no, still, still cut. They'd be like, "Oh, yeah, JV high school experience is good," but eh. it's Stephen Hauschka, Lashawn McCoy, and then a bunch of people. <laughs> Josh <laughs> Allen, Tremaine Edwards. Right. Okay. Fair. I got excited. Right, the, the they just signed to the big deal, but I mean, really, McCoy is not. I mean. It's not unthinkable that they cut McCoy. It's more likely that they trade him. Right. Right. Someone's getting blowed yeah. up. Are we getting, Who's are getting we getting, is, is Eric, uh, Adam Schefter contacting one of our, one of us to give us a hot tip on the bills? Yeah, he must be, but uh, he seems to have stopped. So hopefully that hot tip came in and we're all yeah. good. Or hopefully it's not one of your wives calling and being like, Oh, uh, the child has wandered into Arlington. You might want to take care of that. It'd be no. pretty impressive if if Evelyn had wandered into Arlington since I'm downstairs. Right. It would <laughs> be like an, right it would be like an anchor man moment. Like I'm not even upset. I'm just impressed. Right. I think I think Henry could do it. He's pretty crafty. He's really it's good a long. It's a much longer walk for him though. Like you know, you'd have a lot. You'd have a lot more recovery time than I would. Admittedly, uh, he would probably get tired and want a cookie between there and Arlington. Yeah. I, I routinely want a cookie between Arlington <laughs> where I live in it. <laughs> um, okay. Do we want to do surprise cuts or do we want to do other football things? I think we other go into surprise schedule? cuts. It kind, of, it kind of flows nicely and then we'll go into you know wacky schedule in this day in Bill's history and anything else we may have missed. Well, I haven't started, so I think I'll say Shaq Lawson. And I say it's a su- possible surprise cut because I'd be surprised if they didn't move him before they cut him. Um, but I think that there's a chance that they're, they're done with him. Um, and if they can't get something that they want from him, um, although last year they obviously traded Marcel Darius for a seventh rounder, I'd imagine you could get a seventh rounder for him. Um, I, would, uh, I would be surprised if they cut him, but not in the, not in the way one usually plays that game. Yep. I'm going to, you know, on the same kind of thought, because we had, uh, you know, I'd gone through Lawson as one of my positions to watch, you know, that, that yeah. defensive end position. I also go on one of the other ones we had to watch, which was the cornerback spot, but I think it could be Vontae Davis. And I know that seems surprising, but it's not for it. There you have uh, Philip. Don't call me EJ Gaines behind him and not too much else. Remember, Vontae was cut by a pretty poor and pretty desperate Colts team last year, which makes me think it's possible that he could be at the end of the line. The Bills could be at a lot in a lot of trouble at that cornerback two position. I think you're almost mm-hmm. looking at him like you did Sean Merriman when the Bills signed him, where he contributed. 
Yeah, yeah. It was he was a shell of himself by the time he got there. The Bills did cut him. They actually did bring him back mid-season to help out. He did get a sack, so he did thankfully have some career numbers with the Bills in addition mm-hmm. to the Chargers. But I, I think that Vontae could be that surprise cut. And again, you look at the camp cap applications, they're 46.7 and in dead money now. That adds additional three and a half. So if the Bills want to hit the 50 million in dead cap mark, that's the way to go. That's that's where you want to go is with him. But it's a it's still a relatively small hit. And I, you know, it's very possible he might just not be able to, you know, play like he used to. Okay. Hmm. Should I I make my selection? Yes, please. Okay. So I will say we have kind of, I mean, we've kind of gone over a bunch of names. So like we had a wide receiver, quarterback, um, you know, there's a little of that. I will go ahead, you know, part of me wants to think, you know, throw out something. I don't think that they get rid of Lorenzo Alexander, A, because they don't have anyone better, and B, because, um, you know, McDermott kind of likes his high-character guys, but I can't imagine that Alexander has that many. Like, he's definitely cut after this season, right? I mean... Yeah, I think it's the last year of his deal, actually, so I don't think they'd have to worry about cutting him. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's definitely gone after the season. So I could see them, you know, again, if someone was was playing well in minicamp or in training camp, I could see them losing him. Um, uh, You know, pretty much anyone on the offensive line, I mean, oh, Scott dropped. We'd been doing so well at a half an hour. So um, we should give him just 10 seconds here. Otherwise, let me, you know what, Paul, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this one out and then we're going to, we'll, we'll bring in Scott back. It works for me. Hey, Scott, you were, we, we, we lost you. So you were in the middle of your point there. I was in the middle of my point. Do you remember where I left off? Uh, No. Because then I immediately went, oh, he's gone, and then it was weird. Yeah. And now no, I'm just hoping Paul joins us again. But finish your finish your thought, and then if Paul hasn't joined us by the end, we'll we'll restart. So my my thought was 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 AJ McCarron being the surprise cut. That was going to be my other one. That was if you didn't say it, I was going to throw that in as an addendum. But that's a great yeah. choice. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's clearly, um, you know, it's very hard for them to bring in three. Uh, three quarterbacks into the regular season, given kind of our general mediocre level of talent and lack of um, goodness on the team. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you have to, you have to think about taking just two in. Obviously Allen's one, whoever the better guy is of the other, um, you know, whoever the best one of the other two, you know, has got to be kind of your guy. Obviously Peterman's playing better at this point. There's not, you know, they're going to be mostly, they're going to be spending a lot of time worried about Allen's development. So yeah, they want to figure out who's going to be the starting quarterback, but they don't have time to really, you know, that third guy, you know, number two team reps when Allen's the one who's got to start getting those at some point in the, in training camp, at least um, on, on the theory that you're going to need some guy to be the backup. So if McCarron's taken third string reps by week three of training camp, then I mean, you, you hold him through the preseason and then you cut him. Yeah, I think you're right. And it doesn't cost you a lot of money to do that. Um, yeah. I think, it, yeah. Or you I trade think, him. Or you trade him. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let me, let me get off of this and then we'll, we'll get Paul back and we'll go to uh, the next topic. All right. We're all back. Scott has dropped his 
his bombshell of a uh, thing, which we won't fill Paul in on. He'll just have to listen to the show to find out who his secret uh, uh, possible cut was. Um, sorry, Paul. But I'd That's like to... Um, we, we had a topic... To the show eventually. Yes, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> we, have to, we have to get listenership up somehow. And if that involves tricking you two into listening to it, then there we go. Um, <laughs> I'd like to save the topic about future cap space for next time, just in case there's not much to talk about next time. I feel like that's going to be an evergreen topic over the next year. Paul or Scott, if you're, if you're comfortable, I'd be very happy to get into everybody's favorite summer subject, the, the fake schedule, um, wacky schedule. I'm happy to. I'm, I'm ready to do this. I have my list up and I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm, and I'm excited for it. Okay. Well, off then this is my segment. So, um, Let's see. We will start with the Titans game, home versus mm-hmm. the Titans. This is week five. We already did our first four, first four games. So now we are going to play. Uh, there's going to be a fun, fun game that everyone remembers from back in the day. Now, as some of you may remember, we uh, a couple couple weeks ago we did NFL blitz style NFL rules, in yes. which the Bills, you know, could essentially. Um, you know, you know, body slam people on the field and there was no pass interference. You could just mug people all over the field. You would have jet buttons and all these other things. And so that you'd play the game like that. Uh, for this, we also decided to go with a bit of a retro uh, pastiche, if you will, um, as the sirens go by my house. It's clearly I'm next to Paul. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh, um, so we decided uh, we're, we're going with uh, both of the teams are transformed into what is in fact a giant electric football game. So this in, is in uh, Titans Field, Titans Stadium. I don't know what it's called. Pro America. So, yeah. So for those of you who don't know electric football, uh, it's it's a game that started what probably 50s, 60s, I think, for the most part. Yeah, I, I'm gonna look that up while you while you do that. But yes, I will. I can. So basically, uh, you you're allowed to basically. You have little electric men, little models of of players who are on the field, but they're obviously they're plastic. They don't they don't move. They don't, they have no ability to move any of their limbs or parts or anything. But they are movable on the field. They run in little pre-programmed routes, and then uh, you can either run the ball with your 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 running back, you know, kind of as it were, but you can also you know pull the quarterback's arm back. And he can throw a little football, little tiny football. I'm not even. I'm not actually played electric football, so I'm not I quite have. sure how it works. Well, but you, you, yes. So, and I think in my version of this game, you know, the finger of God comes down and moves Josh Allen's arm back, and then he releases the ball. Now, again, you're going to have the same accuracy problems. Now, we'll assume <laughs> that God has normal human accuracy with electric football because obviously he would be perfect and would. You know, obviously, you know, watching that game would be the most magnificent thing ever. Could God, God, God play in fact, make an electric football game. game? He couldn't. Could God, in fact, make an electric football game? He couldn't win. It, I think it's, <laughs> it's one of the great things. Thomas More first came up with that question. Precisely. Yes. But um, anyway, so uh, so yeah, so that would be it. So I mean, I think you know, I think obviously, you know, assuming that's an average human player playing both sides. I think I'm just intrigued to think what you guys would, would, you know, first of all, you know, 
is this going to catch on? Is this something that we could see? Because, I mean, at this rate, it's going to be, a, you know, a couple of years, they're going to outlaw, you know, three-point stance. Um, yeah. A couple of years after that, we're probably not going to be. Kick off, you're done. Exactly. So maybe we should all just kind of, you know, uh, you know, just put everyone in plastic on the field and then uh, <laughs> not even have humans play it anymore. I, mean, I feel like that's this is where the game's going at some well, point, right? I, I think just uh, as, as Paul thinks of his answer, let me just let you know that the electric football ancestry can be traced back to 1929 when Elmer Sands incorporated Tudor metal products in New York City. Uh, they survived the Depression, and Elmer's son Norman, Norman says, uh, became president of Tudor Metal Products and invented the game of electric football in the in the late. I, I would so I guess the companies from the 1929, and then it was invented in the 40s. The early number 500 electric football models were crude, um, but they were the first tabletop football game which featured actual moving players and actual passing and kicking was also unique to the design. It became a huge hit in the 60s and 70s. I have played football. Uh, I don't know if it was a 500 model, but I had a, they had a quarterback that it was ridiculous. There was this little metal piece that was supposed to be the ball and you could like use it to flick it. And I guess like if it hit the other player, that would count as catching it. It was like a magnet mm-hmm. and hit the metal yeah. player. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's something else. The whole thing shakes and it's loud and it's crazy. And uh Yeah. Okay. There's, this is a it's it's going to be tough first i'm going to make the assumption that it is uh and i mean this in the most literal sense a level playing field so that if the stadium has been transformed into electric football field if there's any slight slant as anyone who's played on an uneven table knows or if one of the legs is broken the game becomes totally compromised and one player is going to win it's like playing rock'em sock'em robots when one of the robots has been compromised it just loses all all semblance of you know integrity of of the game so i'm going to make the assumption that you know either it's level or you know it whatever you i know it used to be called adelphia coliseum and i know it's not anymore because of course adelphia has been bankrupt for you know 15 20 years at this point but whatever they call this coliseum in nashville i'm i'm gonna say it's level i'm gonna say they'll put a you know a little napkin underneath one side of the stadium if they need to to level out the field uh i would expect a lot of terrible passing, as I would if it were Mariota and Allen in real life. Uh, that's, uh, so no, no changes there, really, on the electric football conversion. I think, you know, you look at the, you look at the, you know, the, the running games of these teams. You know, you've got Derrick Henry on one side. They have Malcolm Butler now at corner. There's, there's some ability on the, uh, you know, on the, on the Titans side here. So I think it's going to be difficult for the electric bills to you know make a, a real difference in this game but and, and come away with a win but i think they're going to do it and i think inevitably you know how they're going to win is one of the titans players is going to vibrate totally off the field at some point and mm. fall into the abyss somewhere and yeah. you're not going to be able to find this player, which happens, by the way, for those of you who've played like football, a player falls off the table, he goes under a, a couch, all this sorts of habits. I think the Bills will have been doing a break by this point. So I think one of the, the key Titans players, let's say Derrick Henry, who they're going to ride hard all day, falls right under the table. And I think when, when, when that happens, I think the Bills gain a distinct advantage. And I'm going to say the Bills are going to win this electric football game, and it'll, it'll still be tight. It's going to be, you know... 17 to 13 defensive battle, but I, I think they got this one. 
Interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be due to nothing. Titans are going to regret putting that giant sofa next to their stadium. Yeah, they are. They are. I think it's going to end up. It's going to end up two to nothing uh, because basically the football is going to end up in the end zone, and it's just going to. That's the only scoring. Yeah. But I think one other interesting thing to look out for um, is truly fast player LaShawn McCoy. I mean, he's, he's pretty speedy and cuts quick. I don't know if either of you watch The Flash, but if you happen to vibrate fast enough and you already are fast, your molecules can, in fact, vibrate through other molecules, and you can actually pass through solid objects. The sure. Flash, and actually Superman on occasion is able to do this. It's pretty yeah. – it's much easier for The Flash to do. Um, but I, uh, I expect that at some point LaShawn McCoy's avatar will, in fact, do that. Uh, to no avail. He won't, he won't score or anything, but he will, it'll be kind of cool to watch him phase through. He'll uh, be a shade at that point, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> he, not, not shady, just a shade. Um, but yeah, he'll Shade in the flash. It'll be kind of cool, but ultimately, as a football game, kind of boring. Uh, two sure. nothing. Okay. Two nothing bills. Bills win two yeah. nothing. Nice. Okay. So I think the one thing that I have, I think I like now, I, I admittedly, I'm not familiar, super familiar with Tennessee's roster. I don't know who they have at wide receiver. Can you any of you guys tell me who they have at wide receiver? Uh, let's uh, see. The Titans. Ray or... Ray McLeod. <laughs> no. No. It's a good electric. Okay. They've got Corey Davis, I think, and oh, yeah, Richard, Richard Matthews. I think those are the only two I can name. I'm going to cheat I, now. I'm going to say that the one Bills advantage in this game that might be the difference is Kelvin Benjamin, just because he's going to be taller than your average receiver. Hmm. So therefore, he's going to have a bigger, you know, in real football, bigger catch radius in this game. Slightly bigger target for you to hit with your small metal football that's being flicked by the giant hand. So I'm going to say Calvin Benjamin gets loose for one, one touchdown, and it ends in a seven nothing Bills win. Okay, that's my that's my prediction. So they make uh, the, they make the extra point. That's that's good to know. Yeah, they did. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I don't think they do. We're not going to do a paper football version of wacky schedule. At least not this season. I don't know. We'll okay. See. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to the Cowboys game the week after. Big game against the uh, the Cowboys, right? That is on the schedule. Are you ready yep. for some football? Yes. Um, and so, again, part of the NFL's marketing scheme, trying to bring people in. Obviously, I think this game was in, was in Dallas. I think that's what I remember. So, uh, accordingly, both teams are expected to play in full Cowboy clothing. So, traditional Cowboy clothing clothing now again where i understand like now uh, well this is my this is my remembering of history cowboys were bad right you guys tell me that mm-hmm. i remember like, that at some point they were bad yes yeah exactly but we're gonna assume that that kind of you know that nonetheless you know that this is what the nfl has chosen again another questionable decision by the nfl in terms of you know morality but here we are um so in terms of cowboy clothes all the players on the field will be expected to wear cowboy boots cowboy hat chaps an enormous belt buckle um they are allowed to use lassos um however there's no like additional training on lassos so if for some reason you're really good at lassos like if i mean to me josh allen might be a guy who knows how to work a lasso now again i'm not sure we're going to put him in on defense where the lasso is going to be really critical but at the same time maybe you think about it um so lassos are allowed to be used um guns also allowed to be worn 
Um, but use is not necessarily legal. So what that means is, you know, you may have a gun in your holster, but we're not suspending, you know, the laws of nature and man here. Like if you pull out a gun and shoot someone on the field, you know, the cops are going to show up eventually and arrest you. Now, again, right. maybe there's a time to use the gun. I'm just saying it is the Cowboys game. But stand still. your ground situation. Gotcha. <laughs> oh boy. There, uh, there we go. Right. Look at the lineup of who's on the rosters and figure out like <laughs> if someone turns around in a dark alley, who are they gonna shoot? It right. Gets, you know, it's, it's a sad situation we build our country sometimes. Anyway. <laughs> I think I think Frank has to start this one, right? Because he is... <laughs> that's fair. I, I definitely just like bombed it with, with that. <laughs> um yeah, this is look. Uh, I'm not, this is not the one where I'm going to say at the end of the day, it's a football game because, um, in a weird way on a, on a mascot level, you would think Cowboys could handle Buffalo and, and that would sort of be not really fair to Buffalo, but really, you know, Buffalo Bill Cody, Cody, excellent showman and cowboy. Um, and so, you know, also unfortunately not on the football team. Uh, so, you know, what am I, what am I going to say here? I'm going to say that nobody's very good with a lasso i'm going to say that the only times i've heard about football players using guns that i can remember was shooting themselves in the leg um so i feel like those sort of get pushed to the side and it's really about who uh can in fact run around in the boots with the spurs and the hat uh the best um and so in that regard uh I think you'd have to like do a very deep comparison about how many line dancers are on each team. You could, you could, you know, go by home state and figure out who is where. Right. Um, college like, went to, you know, kind college of like, went to town grew up in, right. Like uh, any sort of like who goes to country concerts. Um, I think there's a lot of data that could go into this game, uh, which is why I'm just going to reduce it to Josh Allen played for the Wyoming Cowboys. Um, but he's the only cowboy versus an entire team of cowboys. So I think in this one, you got to go with Dallas. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know how close it's going to be, you know, probably 32 to 13. I, I think that unfortunately the bills are, are highly outclassed uh, right. as cowboys okay. by the cowboys. Now, Scott did make one, what I would say, like very minor error in his design of this game in that the, the Bills actually play wow. the, the Texans and not the Cowboys. But nonetheless, oh. the, the principle <laughs> of the Cowboys, I knew there was something wrong with this. I, <laughs> I, I wrote everything down except the actual team we were playing. So. I, I will now amend my. <laughs> it's a fair. It's a fair amend my. First of all, like the entire wacky season needs to be thrown out now. I think that like that's clear. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I, I still think I, I'm going to reduce the score. I think the, the Texans will win 24 to 13. Um, but I think it's, it stands to reason that Texans will be better Cowboys uh, than Bills. Right, which I think is the, the main principle stands. And I tend to agree with most of what Frank has said as well about this. This, this game. So I, I, I think if the Bills still had incognito, you know he would find a way to use those spurs and, and somehow get away with it. You know, I, I think, you know, maybe Kyle Williams has somewhat of an advantage because he just strikes you as someone who just walked off a ranch. 
But I think inevitably, you know, playing all your games, your, your home games in Houston, playing the state of Texas, you're just, you know, and honestly, maybe just, you know, wearing assless chaps a lot, which I understand many of the Texans players do. Uh, they're just going to be so much more comfortable in their, their, their uniforms than the Bills are. Uh, and I guess, you know, the, the Texans players also known uh, for just randomly going out and throwing ropes around people on the street. That is mm-hmm. something that they do as well. So mm-hmm. with that in mind, I think they're just going to have a comfort level. The Bills won't. Uh, like Frank, I think if it were the, 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 the Cowboys, it would be a bigger loss. But I will, too, reduce the score. I, I believe Frank said 24 to 13. I will say, uh, I, I will say you know, 24 to 14. I think Hauschka makes that extra point. Mm-hmm. But I think otherwise this game is going to go very similarly. I had two. T- I had a touchdown and two field goals. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, this was the one where I had that. It. I mean, I, again, I, I won't deny that the cowboy boots thing is going to be going to be tough. Like that's not. You can't just expect. I feel like there's definitely going to be some speed kind of uh, negated from from the Texans here to a certain extent. So I think that's going to slow down Deshaun Watson a little bit. But I still can't imagine that there's not going to be enough. Uh, uh, you know, uh, general talent on the Texans who were playing very well before Watson was injured last year to, uh, I think, I think, I think uh, to me that the, uh, the impediments while real will still not uh, lead to a big effect on this particular game. So I'm going to go with the Texans. I will say, uh, but I will say a low scoring match. I'll say 10, seven, just cause again, I think it'll slow everyone down equally. So I think it's still advantage Texans in this game. So that is so that is where we are there. Now, now continuing uh, with the, the horse three. theme, we're on to Colts at this point. Yeah, exactly. The actual <laughs> – in the real world, the Bills will be playing the Colts. <laughs> in our version of Wacky Schedule. <laughs> you should make uh, them play the Broncos because, again, the same concepts would be at play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, well, I, yeah, I don't know if that schedule is here. Um, okay, so anyway, we go back to our uh, NFL – created and approved time machine that we used uh, to set up the, uh, the uh, Edgar Allan Poe versus Buffalo Bill Cody uh, game uh, in the, in in week one. Which by the way, I do uh, want to interrupt that. I saw Edgar Allan Poe's grave on Sunday for the first time ever. So it's, it's, it's a big grave. That's all I got to say. Please continue with your bills related stuff, but I had to throw that in there because how often you said big, I thought you said big rave no, for a second. No, yes, yes. You know, the, the Edgar Allan Poe raves, they're all the hit in Baltimore. If you haven't been to a Poe rave, you've, you know, you're, you're partying with, you know, bum Molly. I don't even know what that means, but, you know. <laughs> That's great. So anyway, they get out the time machine. The time machine, you know, uh, people may not know this, but I mean, it, it kind of makes sense to think about it. But you know, if you think about famous Colts quarterbacks, you'd probably think of Johnny Unitas, and then you'd probably also think of Peyton Manning. They're probably kind of one, two in some order. Jeff George, um, right. <laughs> Jack <laughs> Trudeau, you know. I think, about, I think about Jim Sorge yep. as as a Paul Justin. Um, and, yeah. um, but uh, Peyton Manning, obviously, uh, very close. Jim Kelly, but never actually played Jim Kelly, hmm. if I recall, if I did my research correctly. I think you're probably uh, just about right on that because he was 1999. Because, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And Manning, Manning, that was, I think Manning arrived in 98, perhaps. If not yep. 98. Yeah. And I think Kelly, yeah. And Kelly retired right after, I want to say in 90, after the 96 season. Yeah. After yeah the I want to say he season. was 97, right? Yeah. Exactly. So uh, that leads us for them now. So what we are doing is we are warming up the time machine and we are bringing in what you would call peak Jim Kelly and peak Peyton Manning and having them take over quarterbacks of these respective franchises as where we are today, basically. So we're going to bring back, what do you want to say? You want to say 90, 91, Jim Kelly? Yeah, I'd say 91 Jim Kelly was almost league MVP. So second only to Thurman Thomas, I believe in the voting, which is impressive. Yeah, so we're going to bring back 91 Jim Kelly. And we'll now what's what's our best Peyton Manning season? I mean, it's probably not the one he won the Super Bowl in. Probably more like one of those years that he lost to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Probably like 04, 05, maybe Manning. Mm -hmm. But he still had a little mobility. We're going to let, I'm going to, I wish there were like a pro football reference version of war. And I could just be like, all right, I'm going to take the shortcut on this and we're going to go with with that. That 04 season where he threw for over 4,500 yards. And that's a good one. Or could we just as individuals say, whatever the platonic ideal of Peyton Manning is in our hearts, right? Like, and the platonic ideal of Jim Kelly. And so, you know, even if it doesn't reflect an actual season, it's, it's whatever they would be at their best. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. The the morning that that Jim Kelly and Peyton Manning woke up out of bed and you know, that's when the NFL ran the time machine for basically. Right. So, yes. And then they're transported now onto these bills and Colts teams who are of course, uh, Needless to say, uh, shadows of, of 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 Bills and Colts teams past. Hmm. I guess I would start with this one because yeah, Frank I, I had the last one. Yeah, so I'm gonna. You know, this is this is this is a genuinely interesting one. It's tough to even be super jokey about this because, man, this would be. This would be a duel that we never saw that you would like to watch. It's like you know, for those who are pro wrestling fans, it's like, man, what if. You know, you could have had, you know, Bruno San Martino versus The Rock, you know, or, or something along those lines. You know, one of those fantasy matchups you you never see. I think you have to look at the surrounding cast here. I think as bad as the, the Bills are, I think, you you know, when Kelly had a dynamic running back, you know, his, his rookie year, Thomas, or his first year in Buffalo, Thomas was – not there yet. He was dealing with a, a Rob Riddick, Ronnie Harmon sort of platoon. I think Joe Cribbs was still in the back, or excuse me, Greg Bell was still in the backfield then as well. Did not do as well, but he has a dynamic running back in McCoy. He's not going to have the protection he was used to, and Kelly was great behind a, a great offensive line, so that's going to be a bit of an X factor. Manning, I think, was able to adjust to almost anything, but even at his, you know, best you know he's also behind a makeshift line and he was never very mobile either but i think overall he was a better quarterback than kelly but you know he's a better quarterback than a lot of people he lost to throughout his nfl career so you know it's just just how it works you know you lose i remember i remember jim kelly losing a game to john forcade of new orleans once so anything can happen so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna be optimistic i'm gonna say the bills i think 
both teams are relatively equally poor on the offensive side of the ball, but I think Kelly having McCoy is going to be a big difference maker. And I think the Colts simply won't have that, you know, advantage in this game. So as good as Manning will be, I'm going to say Bills, I'm going to say 49 to 48. I and mean, it's going to be a barn burner. The Colts will be fleeing the barn that is burning, neighing all the way uh, over to the field. This is what the NFL wants when it brings back Jim Kelly yep, and Peyton Manning. Exactly. Shootout. I, think that's I mean, they will make he will make Jeremy Curley look competent. I mean, this is going to be incredible. Uh, man, I, I think you've taken my answer, Paul. And I hate to be so boring, but I think you're right. I think that Manning's better, but I think the the the, the Bills have enough other stuff going on uh, that the difference between Peyton Manning and Jim Kelly in this game won't make a difference. And if it, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with with Kelly and the Bills, but. <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to say 66 to 60. I, I just, why not? Because I think that it will be fun. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Right. I, I wish I had more there, but I, I, I don't. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. No, I mean, I think, you, I mean, I think Paul, I think, I think it's a fair kind of question of, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think you look at both offensive lines, it's kind of a, kind of a, a draw and they're both not very good. Um, I would say, you know, if you look at running backs, certainly Bills have an edge there. I'd say wide receiver. I think, um, I think you, you like obviously probably T. Y. Hilton more than Kelvin mm-hmm. Benjamin, though that's probably a little bit closer uh, than I think. The, I think the Colts might have drafted somebody at running back. But I forget who. Um, but uh, so yeah, I mean, I can certainly see the the, the Jim Kelly kind of uh, advantage there. This game is uh, indoors in the stadium hour. That makes me think that maybe Peyton Manning's just got a teensy bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say Colts 77, Bills 73. And that field goal cost him. That's which that's unfortunate. But yep. that's the way it is. Um, all right. And then we will move on to uh, week eight or week nine. I forget what it'll be. But it'll be the eighth game of the season, regardless. This will be our Monday night football game. Mm-hmm. And it will be um, – we don't know who the Bills will start at quarterback. It'll probably be Josh Allen or A.J. McCarron or Nathan Biederman. Uh, the, and if it's not one of those three, get your, uh, get your drinking started now. <laughs> get your popcorn ready. <laughs> <laughs> then it's uh, hockey season. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, the Patriots, on the other hand, will almost certainly be starting Tom Brady. Uh, who obviously is an all pro, but that's in the real world. In our wacky world, let's go back in time and maybe doodle with a couple of little decisions that these two franchises have made in the last couple of years. Let's say that um, the Pats, maybe they never trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Niners last year. He stays the whole off season. Maybe he threatens Brady's hold. Maybe Brady decides to hang it up after a really brutal Super Bowl loss. And he says, Garoppolo go nuts. So the Pats end up starting the whole season with Jimmy Garoppolo this season, and they end up bringing him as their starting quarterback into the game. Now, obviously, Garoppolo performed well with the Niners, but, you know, he's certainly a bit untested, one could say. Um, And then Bills fans, obviously, Mm -hmm. there was a bit of controversy about our first overall or uh, our first first first-round draft pick this year, um, uh, Mr. Josh Allen. 
Some people might have suggested another Josh, let's say. Maybe Josh Rosen. So let's go back and give the Bills Josh Rosen instead of Josh Allen. So he some podcasters like, may have suggested that the day before the draft, actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's give the Bills Josh Rosen. Let's give the Pats Jimmy Garoppolo. And let's, uh, let's roll the dice. Let's see what happens. Uh, we will start with uh, Frank this time. Uh, Josh Rosen is going to be great, and he's the greatest great, and Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty good. But um, I think uh, it's clear that Rosen is much, much better, and it, it makes for a much better game, and the Bills are in this game, uh, and the, the curse of the Patriots is broken. Um, because the Patriots are trash without Tom Brady. And also the Patriots are just trash and I hate the Patriots and the Patriots are awful. And so um, because the Patriots are trash and awful and I hate them and because Josh Rosen is better and because uh, all sorts of things, um, the Patriots will probably still win this game with the 32 to 17. Oh uh, yeah. It's, I was going to do the, they'll, they'll throw better and look better. And then there'll be a bunch of stupid things that happen. That'll be like, what the fuck? And then it'll just be one of those what-the-fuck games. And I think this game might be – is this one of the Monday night games as well, which has me worried about Buffalo never winning on a Monday night? Oh, yeah, that's a rule. Yep, so I think that's going to be difficult for the Bills to overcome. Uh, I think Garoppolo is a little more seasoned at this point than Rosen. You know, Rosen will be great, you know, playing for Buffalo because in my mind they've still drafted him. He will be, you know, be part of the team for decades to come. Uh, but overall, yeah, the Patriots, the, we really, the Patriots do suck. That is the bottom line here, as Frank so well pointed out. And because they suck, they will win this game. And I, I think it's going to be one of those heartbreaking ones. And I'm going to say somehow it's going to be a score that's, that's never happened before in the NFL. And I say the Bills will lose 4-2. to two. I think that the offenses are just going to really stall out this game. <laughs> Four to two. Okay, I'm excited uh, for that. My... <laughs> if you guys have a chance to watch, uh, you know, there's this this blogger John Boys for SB Nation. He has this great video, uh, and I forget what he, I forget the exact title of it, but it's essentially going through all of the NFL scores of all time and seeing which scores have not been taken. It's like score bingo or something. I'll come up with that. But there's a few new ones every year. The league becomes higher scoring. But he mentioned his uh, time goes on. You know, there are fewer and fewer scores left to take. So I knew for sure that that one wasn't taken. Four to two. So we're going to go with that one. All right. Um, So I will take the Patriots as well. This has not been the best example of wacky schedule because we all have ended up with the same picks repeatedly. But... (laughs) Nonetheless, I will also take the Patriots as well because they still have Bill Belichick, who is a better mm-hmm. coach than, than anyone, uh, really, yeah. and pretty much everyone else. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think – and, I mean, Garoppolo, sure. I mean, I, I don't think he's quite as good as he was in his five games with the Niners. I don't think that's sustainable probably over the long term. And there's certainly – I don't know exactly a ton about their supporting cast there in San Francisco, but certainly the one in New England is not particularly good. He will have Gonkowski. That factor would remain kind of regardless. I mean, obviously we've got Edmonds this year, and hopefully he can kind of take a bit of the – starch out of Kronkowski, but I don't think it's going to be a shutout, certainly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you got to still stick with the Patriots. I think, uh, yeah, I think something like 17, 17, 
13 is what I will say for the Bills Patriots Monday night game. With Josh Rosen and Jimmy Garoppolo going head to head. I'd rather watch that game, I will say that, than watch us go up to Foxborough or, well, I don't know. It's in it's at Buffalo, right? Yeah, um, I think the Monday night game's in Buffalo, yeah. 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 So, Immediately with that insane Bills crowd, I'm sure. I don't think it's going to matter a whit because that's just going to be another classic Patriots, you know, whooping. So, yay. <laughs> I think Wacky schedule would be funny. Funner. Much, much. Um, Paul, did you find a This Day in Bills history? Oh, I, I found this is going to be interesting because trivia is by its very definition trivial. I have come up with uh, it's going to be this day in Bills history, and we have not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but seven rapid fire quick trivia questions based on what happened in this day in Bills history in various years. Oh so my. it's going to, we're breaking tradition a bit. But it'll get us. It'll be Sounds allegedly, fun. yeah. It'll allegedly be fun. It'll get us through this quickly without you know the usual rambling I do on these. All right, and you guys can chime. You can just jump. Over. There's no ringing in. If you know the answer first, you can chime in first. In 1999, there is a an ESPN headline saying, "Hey Bills, there's no way this running back is worth the risk." The hint on this: this running back is now dead. Um, uh, what year is this? This is 1999. I'll start to give some hints. He played for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Cornhuskers. He ended up with the Alouettes and Calgary Stampeders of the Canadian Football League. And Omar from the Wire. Omar What's that? from the Wire. Omar, yeah, Omar from, from the, the Wire. wire. Yes, yeah, dead on. Uh, hanged himself in prison in 2016. Oof. Okay. Boy, I thought that, I thought I thought one of you guys would jump on this one. All right. Uh, no, I've I've lost track. I, I do you guys no. remember the next? Okay, right, the answer on this one, Lawrence Phillips. Do you remember that name, Lawrence Phillips? I know. I don't remember Lawrence Phillips. I'm sorry to hear that. Why yeah, he was, was he in prison? Why wasn't he in prison? Might be the longer. You go to his legal issues section on Wikipedia. He had been arrested for assault after driving a car into three teenagers. Uh, he. While he was serving that sentence, he was convicted for assault on his former girlfriend, including imprisoning her. Uh, he, you know, he just had yeah. a lot of issues, and, and he was, had issues in college, which is why the controversy was: should the Bills take this guy because they need some depth at running back at the time? And he was he bandied had... about. And I remember my dad saying, "If the Bills sign this guy, I'm not going to be a fan of the team anymore." He was that strong on how much he he disliked him. He had a "Do Not Resuscitate" taped to his chest when he hung himself in prison. Yep. So there you go. I promise these get more lighthearted as we go on here. <laughs> yes, that will please. be the darkest of the this days in Bill's history. That was July 3rd of 99. Okay. All right. July 3rd, 2005. This free agent quarterback who's just signed with Buffalo says, uh, you know, he says he hasn't gone far enough in the playoffs, which is why I picked the Bills of a variety of free agency suitors. All of Buffalo's working parts seem to be in place for a playoff run. It's important for me and my career to win a championship. That's why I'm in the place I am at right now. Kelly Holcomb. Kelly Holcomb, Frank, gets that one. (laughs) Oh, I got it. All right. Yeah, cool. Good job. 2009. This one's an easy one, so it's going to be a matter of who gets in first. Uh, This Bill's wide receiver introduces his new breakfast cereal. 2009? Uh, Who is is Stevie Johnson? No, no, no. 
it's, it's not uh, Flutie Flakes. That was 1990s. Nope. He says it's a breakfast thing of choice. This is equivalent to being on a box of Wheaties. It's better than Wheaties. It's TOs. TO, yep. TOs. I had a couple boxes of TOs. Yep. All right. We're going to talk about another QB competition, 2013. Uh, This quarterback, when talking about his uh, competitive, all the competitions he's been a part of, they're all definitely different. This one now, we're all new to the system, so we're trying to just pick it up from our own game standpoint. Just trying to pick it up mentally, trying to pick it up physically. We're making sure we're on our own P's and Q's, making sure our details are right. So this Bill's quarterback regarding the 2013 QB competition. Hmm. This really shouldn't be that hard, right? Uh, Fitz? Fitz is a good guess. I'm going to give a hint since you neither one one has guessed it uh, correctly yet. He actually, I don't believe, and I'll double check on this, I don't believe he ever played a snap with the Bills. But he was considered the front runner going into the 2013 season. Oh. Uh, Kevin Cobb? Oh, Frank gets it again, jumping on it. He did play in the preseason, but. He did play in the preseason. Sorry, yes. I shouldn't, he never took a regular season he snap because he, he slipped on the mat and then he came back and then immediately got concussed in the first yeah, that was, of the preseason that's... game. Yeah. And then he had some terrible, uh, you know, aftermath of that, too. So we hope Kevin's okay. He did. Yeah. All right. Um, so I will just start. I will read this statement very slowly, and you can jump in at any time when you know who I'm talking about. We're going to go back to 2014 now. The Gaurama right. Buddha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doug Whaley says, we have updated information regarding this player. Unfortunately, he suffered a torn ACL on his left knee and will most likely miss the 2014 season. He will be scheduled for surgery in the near future and begin a rehabilitation assignment at the appropriate time. We feel badly for him because he has worked very hard this offseason in preparation for the upcoming season, but we look forward to his return with his style of play that made him one of the league's outstanding rookies in 2013. Sammy Watkins. Good guess, but I don't think he never tours ACL. He had a lot of other dings, but it wasn't that. Um, Kiko Alonso. Kiko Alonso. Scott gets this one correct nicely. July 3rd is a crazy day in Bill's history. It is. Yes. This was once I went through some of these, I'm like, we're definitely doing something because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on this day. Uh, All right. We got two more to go. 2015. This one is uh, okay. This is what an ESPN commenter said. The Buffalo Bills will be a playoff team. From a defensive perspective, I don't know if there's anyone better in the NFL. They're very aggressive, tremendous scheme. Players will love Rex Ryan. The one question that Rex is going to have to answer is, can he get the offense going because the defense will be great? Oh, the ESPN analyst is a Buffalo native and a former Eagles quarterback. Can you name this ESPN analyst? It's all you, Scott. Go for it. Uh, Jaws? Jaws, Ron Jaworski. Scott is on fire now after Frank took a couple in a row there. I assume Frank knew that as well. Yeah, I, I had a good feeling on that one, but I, I wanted to get Scott on the board again. All right. And finally, 2016. I don't, thanks. I, I feel like this is a co-op game. I have never lost. I felt like this was a co-op game, like a, like a, you know, like not a, not a, oh, an, okay. yeah, All right. sorry. Okay. All right. The last this day in Bill's history, going back to July 3rd of 2016. This Bill's player fell just short of the Olympics after his third round attempt in the long jump of 27 feet, 0.75 inches, put him in fifth place. 
good enough to advance to the second half of the final. But from there, his two jumps of 26 feet, nine inches, and a foul were all he had left in the tank. Frank, I, I think this was Marquise Goodwin. You would be correct. Yeah. Marquise Goodwin. So this is that, good because I never get the question right. And I, I've gotten my quota for like the next two years covered in this game. <laughs> this was good. Yep. Marquise, I, I knew it was one of the Marcus, Marquise, Marquise ones. I just had to remember which one was the Olympic. It was an M guy, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was, uh, yep, that was this day, in, this day in Bill's history, July 3rd, 1999, 2005, 2009, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. So we will. Uh, uh, I'm reading more about. Uh, I encourage all of our listeners to go read Lawrence Phillips' Wikipedia page because this this shit's scary. Like, yeah, he, he had a, he he, uh, he, had a, he obviously yeah. had some issues before any of his problems start, and you know he had a, a rough early right. one too, which I encourage you to read about separately because that's not really on his Wikipedia page. But he uh, his whole career is trying. He was a, an early front runner for the Heisman Trophy. It talks about he was really considered a a superstar in the making, and then you know, man. I get out of the field trouble there, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of off the field troubles, that's all our off season is. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Scott and Paul and I will be back uh, later. I've got a. Uh, I, I've already got my automatic outro, which updates everyone on what to do. But you know, go to facebook.com backslash bbillsmny. Find us on Twitter at bbillsmny. Enjoy your summer. We'll come again. We'll do some more fun stuff. Maybe we'll talk about. We should get like an Avengers review maybe next time. Right. Uh, do that. Um, what not? Uh, I, I believe Paul's birthday is coming up soon. So that's. Oh, uh, yep. It's uh, 19 days away from uh, uh, the the birthday, as we all know, which is, of course, 21. That is right. That is yes. Yeah. Um, Scott will <laughs> eventually have a birthday again. You know, I will. Yeah, I will. No, we, I will we, don't, we don't do that anymore. My kids are all done. You're all done counting. <laughs> all right, good. Uh, well, we really appreciate you listening to this podcast. And actually, you know, Anchor did a good job tonight. So, you know, really just one hit up. Yeah. Uh, not too bad. So good job, Anchor. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we'll be in touch and um, with our podcast people. And also to you two guys, um, I'll, I'll send you an email in the next day or two, and we'll just uh, get caught up and see what each other are doing. But until then, enjoy your, your hot, wet American summer or European summer or wherever you are. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year podcast. We're so happy you could join us. Find us online. You can go to facebook.com backslash bbillsmny or we're on Twitter at bbillsmny. Email us, bbillsmny at gmail.com. And to find this podcast, search Buffalo Bills maybe next year in just about anything that has podcasts. You can also go right to our Anchor page where we are hosting our podcast, anchor.fm backslash bbillsmny. If you get the Anchor app, you can interact with the show and follow us directly there, including sending things like voicemails and doing other fun things. So we'll hopefully see you around. Until then, have a great day.